Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Whenever the Steelers draft picks are made, all anybody really cares about is when the jersey numbers get revealed, right? Mm-hmm. That's all we wait for. Kind of a quick turnaround, Lining too. up outside of Steelers Pro Shops around Pittsburgh, banging on the door. Let me mm-hmm. in! Give me my Broderick Jones! I need it! Well, the jersey numbers have been announced, not just for Mr. Broderick Jones. They usually get the first one first, yeah. and then everybody else kind of trickles out. I'll go through the list right now. Broderick Jones, number 77. Number okay. 24 for JPJ in honor of Ike Taylor. Uncle of Ike. Uncle Ike. Uncle Ike. Godfather Ike, maybe? According to Ike Taylor, he's wearing it in honor <laughs> okay. of Uncle Ike. But so I, not according to Joey Porter Sr. or Jr. But it is. It's yeah. for Uncle Ike. But it's just funny that not, Ike Taylor. Not for <laughs> Uncle Cody Sensabaugh or. Ew. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Trying to think of vague 24s in Steelers history. Look, if he can play like Uncle Ike, that'd be a hell of a draft pick. Absolutely. Maybe pick off the ball a couple more times than Uncle Ike Maybe. did, though. Stone hands Ike a little bit. What happened from he time got to some, time. He got some, hey, like. He was a number one corner for a while. Yeah, on this absolutely. Team. He has my utmost respect. Absolutely. And again, like I said, if JPJ hey, plays was, like him, that's a good pick. He was in the draft. He was in the war room yeah, over the weekend. Is. He's a scout for yeah. the Steelers. So he definitely had a say when it came to JPJ him and Merrill. as well. There's a really cool pick of the two <laughs> yeah, of them in the yeah. back. Uh, then moving on, number 95 for Keanu Benton. Just a classic defensive cool line with it. number. So Chris Wormley, I guess, is officially not returning. <laughs> I don't know why you would need him. That room got really crowded anyway. Yeah, now with, signed now with Benton. Like, you got Joby back. Yeah. You got Benton now. I think they're higher on Adams than they are Wormley. I that room's so, just yeah. way too crowded for him. And, and he's I, the, I, I he's was the happy older, with, I mean, other than Cam, he's uh, the elder statesman in that room. So I was happy with Wormley's production when we had him, but time hey, to move on. That's the beauty of it. Wormley wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You're just getting better that you upgrade and don't need the guy right. anymore so that's a good thing it's not yeah, like i agree i agree it's not like warmly was so i agree bad He's just in yeah. free agency now. exactly yeah, yeah um so 95 for benton number 80 for darnell washington a little so, disappointment among steelers nation there a little disappointment on i think darnell washington's part too because i believe once he got drafted like once kind of the high, he came down from the high of being drafted he tweeted out saying like mr rooney what do you think about number zero well mr rooney doesn't think much of no. number zero and i agree with mr rooney on this one you kind of like sticking with it's fun to wear number numbers. zero but like since this is the first year that you're allowed to wear zero in the NFL, this would obviously be the first number zero in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Maybe I'm a nerd. I'm not giving that to my fourth overall draft pick, my late third round draft pick, as like kind of 
a reward I just don't for know him who else like would some... you give it to? No one. I mean, I, that's why I think ever you just hold on to it forever because you're yeah. right. Like, okay, maybe if Darnell Washington makes five All Pro teams in a row, then he can, can change the number we, when he gets his new contract. We can reevaluate yeah. the number. But I noticed a lot of people in Steelers Nation kind of upset at the Steelers for this. Like, well, why don't you have any fun? You know what's fun for me? Winning. Darnell Washington pancake blocking people yeah. and getting into and the winning. end zone. If he's number 80 or number 850, doesn't matter. I don't care. So it doesn't bother me that much. <clears throat> number 80 is a good tight end number anyway. Yeah, sure. Then you got Nick Herbig at number 51. Cool. Miles cool. Jack is gone officially. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Corey Trice, Trice Jr., the seventh-round pick, the first seventh-round pick, the cornerback, is going to wear number 27, solid cornerback number. 27. I don't think there was. Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, that's yeah. right, but he's gone. Yeah. And then Spencer Anderson, the guard at number 74. 74s, any 74s? Nothing that really rings a bell for me for 74. So let's put it this way. All these numbers, no one really that important. Wormley at 95, yeah. Jack at 51, yeah. Ike Taylor, though. Well, I meant you're saying that people who on are on the team, team that are now taken yeah. up by rookies. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah Uncle yeah. Ike's for been sure. out of the league for a while yeah. now, but yeah, those are your jersey numbers. I mean, like, the fact that we couldn't even think if a 74 was significant, let alone on the team last year, shows that it's very much okay for Anderson to take that number. How about this one yet? Nothing is official yet, but according to uh, Steelers Depot, undrafted free agent jersey numbers: Tanner Morgan, number two. Oh, who used to wear number two? Oh, see, we remember he used to wear that number last year. Leaves being read here. Whoa, that's official. It's on the jersey numbers are unofficial for the undrafted free agents, but Morgan wore number two in college. I think people are just kind of assuming he's going to take number two because that's probably going to be open and up for grabs with Mr. Rudolph on the move. Still, we're not talking about this in this episode. But it'll be interesting to see what happens to Mr. Rudolph now. Now that the draft I is done and we're interested. heading into the this next because portion of the offseason. Because a lot of the teams that needed quarterbacks yeah. took quarterbacks. He's a guy, buddy, not only that, buddy. he's a guy that if you're looking at your second-string quarterback and you're, like, not impressed, I'm bringing him in yeah, right. and competing for that number two right. spot. He's back Yeah, he was potential. never going to be a number one. But all those teams that had number, like, number one controversies – now they went out and got their rookies, so those backups or those starters now are their official backups, so they don't really need him. So it's just kind of it's gonna be weird. He'll probably go to like another. He'll probably do what Mitch Trubisky did, going to Buffalo. Just I'm gonna play behind Josh be Allen. I'm gonna go. Yeah, like he'll back up a legit starter. You know right, 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 I mean? right, like right, a, right, like a number one, no holds bar. There's not even a question that because I don't think a team like Indy or Houston or Tennessee they want to bring in a guy like Mason because they don't want like what if Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Shroud or Young come out the gates a little raw a little stumbly you don't want another guy in your quarterback room being like performing well and then forcing you to ask well who am I going to play a quarterback like if Mason Rudolph's good but I want to have this is my future I dra- I drafted this kid. We're talking draft picks in this episode, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at each one individually and talk about, like, what you can expect from them in 2023. Like, should they be a day one starter? Will they start in the middle of the season? Maybe they don't start at all. Just kind of our rough expectations Mm -hmm. for them at this early spot. But before we get to that, just some of the national feedback from the Steelers draft. I I saw a grade from Mel Kuyper Jr., and I saw a power ranking by NFL.com post-draft power ranking of all the teams. And they both kind of had me scratching my head. Mel Kuyper Jr. has given the Steelers a B-plus for their draft. And you know what? 
I'm okay with it yeah. until I get the context around it. His reasoning for giving them a B plus was a lack of picks in the later rounds, lack of picks on Saturday. That's what he said. Like the fact that they okay. didn't have a lot of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, no fifth or sixth rounds, one fourth and two seventh round picks, you limit yourself the ability to find diamonds in the rough when you're not picking that many diamonds right. in those later rounds. But they took so much quantity at the top, right. or excuse me, quality at the top of the draft. Quality and, and quantity. quantity. You've got to have four in the top two, 80. You have two second round picks. You have a third round pick and you traded back to get into the fourth round. So you're picking in each of the top four rounds twice in the second round and the first pick of that second round. So you got arguably the best player on your big board to start day two. And I get where he's saying about the, you know, you want to pick a lot of players late and maybe you find a Vince Williams. Maybe you get even luckier and you find an Antonio Brown. But I still would rather have a quantity right, at the I front agree. of the draft and a quality to it than... Which there is. If they picked in the first round, the second round, didn't have a third round pick, had a late fourth round pick, and then had two in the fifth, two in the sixth, two in the seventh. Mm-hmm. I would much rather prefer what Absolutely, the because the likelihood of those, those two six-round picks and the two seventh-round picks... <laughs> Yeah, okay, you're setting yourself up to find a diamond in the rough, but they're only called diamonds in the rough because they are so rare. Just because you have so many of those picks in the later rounds doesn't mean... If they knew what A.B. was going to be, he'd be a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. If they knew Vince Williams was going to be as good as he was, he'd He'd be be in the second round, round third round. Like, he'd be a much higher touted prospect than that. So I pushed back on Mel there, and then I also saw him give the rest of the AFC North a B+. Everybody. The Browns got a B plus. Mm. The Bengals got a B plus. The Ravens got a B plus. The so Steelers the Browns got a B+. who I just don't didn't take at, a first round or didn't take their first, first pick or until a second round pick. No, I'm just saying didn't yeah. take their first pick until after the, the Steelers made all of their picks. three picks. Sorry, because Darnell Washington was after was the after. Browns first. But pick. still, you're saying so that made three picks that, before the Browns picked. That draft is just as good as the Steelers having those three picks, but none in the sixth and seventh round, or none in the fifth and sixth round? Because they had a lot of quantity, or quality, oh, I keep getting this mixed up. That's they tough. had a lot of quantity in the back end, and apparently Mel likes to weight that a little bit more. Look, I, I think the Bengals had a pretty decent draft. I think the Ravens did some interesting things without having that many picks, but I just don't look at all four of those draft classes and think, oh, they're the exact same. They had the same impact as everybody else. I think the Ravens and the Bengals probably had similar impacts for their team. Bengals a little bit more. And I think the Browns, for what the cards they were dealt, or excuse me, the cards they dealt themselves by trading for Deshaun Watson, I think they made a pretty good go of it for the picks that they had. But I, I'm i sorry, and I don't feel like we're being homers here, just to see the kind of draft that the Steelers had and to lump that in as equals with right, the rest of the I division agree. makes no I sense agree. to me. And then the other thing that had me scratching my head a bit. Okay. The NFL.com did the power rankings after the draft. The Steelers before the draft were number 15. They were number 15 after the draft, too. Didn't move up at all. And I just don't see how you can say they got better. Did a team— Excuse me, I don't see how you could say they didn't get better. Was there a team that started below them and then moved up ahead of them? The Giants moved backwards. The Chargers moved backwards. No, not the Seahawks, not the Lions. It doesn't look like there's a team that made a crazy jump. So maybe what Mel is or what NFL.com was doing they was... They made the Ravens jump from 13 to 6, but that's more because Lamar's Lamar is yeah. now back, yeah. So maybe what the, what they're just trying to say is the Steelers are good. They're a top 15 team, but it just goes to show how great the rest of the NFL is. 
Yeah. Like, can you maybe. tell me the teams at like 14, 13, 12? Yeah, 14 were the Giants, 13 were the Chargers. Both of them dropped down after their okay. draft classes. Um, 12 was the Seahawks who moved up a little bit. And then 11 was the Lions. So it's hard to. 11. Who the Lions the at 11 is. A big move. I mean, I know I at the end of our season power rankings, I did put the Lions up there. Well, the Lions we are, expect them to be better and to make the playoffs. They're going to be that team that everybody picks this but year. But here's the thing, though. The Seahawks, the Giants, and the Chargers did all make the playoffs last year. That's right. So it's hard for me to really push back on Mal to be like— Well, this is NFL.com, not Mal. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We I can, can always push back safe. on Mal. It's um, hard for me to push back when— the Steelers, who didn't make the playoffs last year, are being ranked behind teams who did. And it's Especially fair to point teams out like, they're in front of one playoff team, the Vikings, who they have which ranked Which I agree. They, they should be behind. I, I think it's fair to put the Giants there ahead of the Steelers because they got to the playoffs and won a game on the road. The Seahawks, I think, got way better via the draft. I think they got a bad, uh, bad beat by drawing San Francisco on the road in the first round. Basically, every team except for Philadelphia, while playing their fourth-string quarterback, was going to beat San Francisco, right? San Francisco, San Francisco was going to beat every other team in that conference. I don't blame the Seahawks for losing that game. So it's hard for me to really—the Chargers, maybe. The Chargers who blew that lead, and I, like you didn't, you didn't come out of the draft hearing everyone go talking about the Chargers draft the way you heard about the Steelers draft. Yeah, they took a receiver in the first round. Which I think is good, but which is good, but like they already have three receivers. Right. The Giants, on the other hand, people think that they might have gotten starters in their first three picks. Deontay Banks a corner, right? Um, John Michael Smith's the center, and then Jalen Hyatt out. Of yeah, Tennessee. I'm not I mean, pushing back on the Giants, players. and I'm not pushing back on the Seahawks. I'm more so pushing back on the Chargers. But it, I think again, it goes to show how how top heavy this league is right now. Like, oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and again, I don't think the Steelers should have jumped into the top 10 because of their mm-hmm. draft. It's just funny to me to see them stand pat when there's no way in hell you could go to somebody and they objectively tell you, yeah, they're the exact same after the right. draft. They're yeah, I team. think it's just, it, it has the less to do with them. yourself than it does more to do with other teams, right? Yeah, Because I don't I think this, is, this isn't a power ranking of how you've improved. How you did in the draft. Did right. you get better or, or worse? Or how you improved. How much did the draft help you? This is... League-wide, where do you stand right now? I'm sure if you did that, how much will this draft, as we're about to do, how much did this draft truly impact your team? I bet you, and we don't know, you know, preseason or pre-season starting versus the actual on-the-field production, but immediate reaction to the draft, a lot of people would put the Steelers at the very top of that list on terms of how how good this draft class can be and how impactful this draft class can be for the team. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's look at what we think the impact of the 2023 draft class will be on the 2023 season. So this mm-hmm. isn't, you know, future, five years down the road, this how is great now. of a Steelers career they could be. 2023, mm-hmm. you're trying to make the playoffs, trying to win the division, obviously, at the very least get a wild card. How do these picks help you achieve that goal? And starting at the top with Broderick Jones, I got him pegged as a day one starter. And I mean day yeah, one training too. camp. You mm-hmm. step on same, rookie minicamp coming up in a week. He's Next starter. week, I think he's... When real minicamp starts mm-hmm. and Pickett's there and all the veterans are there, he's your starter. Mm-hmm. Training camp at St. Vincent, he's your starter day one. I'm skeptical that that's how it works out because it's not the Steelers' it's, way. It's not the Tomlin way, right? It's not the Steelers' way. But I way. just think that you give him as many reps as possible with the ones at that left tackle spot so that he's ready come week one when the bullets start flying for real. I think that if they do the Steeler way, it's only a matter of time through camp and half of the preseason schedule that he probably usurps Dan Moore at that left tackle spot. But I don't even want to have the, the competition there. You know, I, I get that maybe you – put that competition out there as a way to let the rookie know he's got to earn it instead of having things handed to him. I don't think Broderick Jones is that kind of dude. I I don't think he's going to get handed the left tackle spot and settle and be like, ah, I made it as a starter in the NFL. He's got all pro aspirations. He's got Super Bowl aspirations. The guy plays football and wins national championships. That's all he knows at Georgia. So he he's going to have a winner's attitude. I, I don't think he's going to settle just for getting that starting job. He's going to want a lot more. Mm-hmm. I give it to him right away and let him hit the ground running and give him as much runway as possible before the season starts. Yeah, I have no no problem with that whatsoever. I think that with rookie minicamp coming up, obviously he doesn't have the chance to go up against other offensive yeah, and, linemen. Or, or even on the deep, like Watt's not going to be right, there. Right, like, right, right. No so he's not going to have the chance to he'll, be like, yep, he'll, he'll I'm be here the, for he'll real. He'll be the king, king in that in rookie minicamp. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, I don't know what, I mean, going up against rookie or undrafted um, – Free agents, Free agents yeah. on the defensive line, he'll have a pretty easy time there. But once you get into minicamp, Tom, I think that even though it's minicamp and the pads aren't really on and the and the effort being given isn't going to be at full throttle, but I think it's enough, right? You're going to be lining up against the real guys. And the Steelers take minicamp pretty seriously well, compared to a lot of other teams. A lot of people have said, too, it's not a matter of nastiness or physical nature with Broderick Jones. I don't know why I said both of those things like that. Nastiness. <laughs> Nasty. It's technique stuff that they it's said that he needs to refine. You do that in rookie minicamp. Right. You don't need right. pads on to refine technique. But I'm just saying in terms of competition. Yeah, he's not going to see he, that. He might, huh? He, he might not see that until training camp is what you're saying? No, I, I, might, I, might, I might see. I, I was saying that he's not going to see it in rookie camp. No. But even, even minicamp team-wide, it would not shock me if he's just showing enough that by the time you get to Latrobe day one. He's day one starter. Yeah. I think he has to be. Joey like, Port- I think the sample size you need on him is very small. It's very small. You've got it all. You've yeah, got right. the sample size out of Georgia. Right. Uh, number two pick, Joey Porter Jr., the first pick of the second round. I got him labeled as the same exact thing, as the day one starter. Now, I think that you have a deeper cornerback room that if you wanted to bring him along the Steelers' way a little slowly, that's more reasonable, I think, at this position. But again, I don't see how he's not your number two corner. I don't see how you don't view him as your second best cornerback on your roster, the guy that should be CB2 from day one. And it's the same thing that I have with Broderick Jones. 
get this guy reps and as much learning experiences as you can in training camp, going up against the Pickens and the Deontay Johnsons and uh, the Allen Robinsons. Get him up to speed. Yes. Get him ready for week one when it starts to become for real. So I put their first two picks in the same exact category. When they step mm-hmm. foot on St. Vincent campus for day one of training camp and they're doing ones, I want Joey Porter Jr. with the ones on the defense, Pat Pete and him as your corners, and then I want Jones sitting at left tackle. So not only do you have two guys with your first two picks that you as Steeler fans expect you know, a long, healthy career with a lot of success out of them, but I think it's fair to say that those long, healthy careers should start instantly. There should be no bringing along slowly of these two players. These are starter capable. So I have a question for you, Tom. Throughout camp, who would you like to see JPJ go up against more? That's a good question. George Pickens or Deontay? Because a lot of people are talking about, you know, I've seen Mark put out, and rightfully so, the topic of can Joey Porter Jr. stop Jamar Chase? And that's fair because mm-hmm. that's – He's got a lot stop, of guys are going to have that have to problem. stop more than him. Yeah. And a lot of quarterbacks but you play him who, twice and right, 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 it right. would be very nice to have the Jamar Chase stopper. Who do you think is best at getting off the line into their routes? So like avoiding jams. That's who you're I want to on a cor- on as a, a cor- as a wide receiver. Well, I think it's Deontay, right? I want to see JPJ. I think his biggest attribute is going to be jamming people at the line. And but he also sure does get, get kind of handsy once he gets back. He does. And so that kind of makes me want to go see him go up against Pickens, who can withstand that. And Pickens is very physical at the line. Right, exactly. Too. My point is, you're not staying step at step with Jamar Chase. No one is. Your best bet is to out-physical him in that five-yard Because window. here's the thing. But here's the other problem, Jacob. Jamar Chase is not a, a baby. Right. He takes contact at the line of scrimmage and gets into his routes. A.J. Brown, those guys are... Their best way to stop them is to get physical with them, but they don't hate physicality either. But you, I I, th- I feel like you would agree with me on this. When the Steelers go up against Jamar Chase, assuming that JPJ just is on the track, right? Not to say that he comes out of the gates and firing on all cylinders, and you say like I have to put him on every team's number one receiver. Just he's he's doing well, right? He's He's imp- he's impressing you. He's got some things to work out, some intangibles, but he's doing well as a rookie. When you go up against the Bengals, you want him on Jamar Chase because I don't trust Patrick Peterson's speed at his age to go up against Chase. Correct? I don't trust anybody to go up against Chase, but yeah, I mean, I think he's your best bet. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's not going to be a you know a- at least an issue. I think what the Steelers would like to do is go into a lot of press man coverage, but. I think when a guy's when you're going up against the chase and you've got a rookie and then a kind of past his prime veteran, you're gonna need a lot of number thirty nine help as well. You're you're gonna need a lot of help from your safeties. You're gonna need a lot of help from other people on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but as far as the future is concerned, yeah, I think he's the guy that I target as taking those number one wide receivers. Maybe even a follow kind of guy. No matter where they line up, he follows them across the field. Um, and how about this for your answer for your question? Throw him at yeah. everybody at camp. Throw him at yeah, Pickens. Okay. Throw him at Deontay. Throw him at throw Allen. Throw him at, give him every art. Throw him, put him throw on him Pat at Washington. Put him on Pat Darn Washington, Washington sometimes. Yeah. Throw, throw him in every situation that you could possibly see him get thrown into. Trial by fire, that sucker. And then also, yeah, they want to make the playoffs this year. They always compete for a playoffs spot. They always compete for Super Bowls. We don't expect them to do much this year as far as you know going on a deep run. This whole season could be trial by fire for a guy like Joey Porter Jr., yeah, he makes mm-hmm. his mistakes, but you go eight and nine, nine and eight this year, 
with him making mistakes, maybe you go 11 and six next year because those mistakes have been worked out of his system. Absolutely. Keanu Benton, their third pick, not a day one starter for me, but I think this is a guy that might be starting sooner rather than I later. Think, well, when you say day one, I, I do mean, you mean like week fucking one? the trend of you don't get the starting job, you're third on the depth chart like Kenny Pickett was, you got to earn this. That's you, what I mean. But by, are you saying when I say day one starter, I mean at St. Vincent day oh, one okay, training okay. camp. You're yeah, the and I agree with you, but I think based on the the state of the depth chart, the state of the defensive line, he's a week one starter. He earns his way. He's a, to the he's a week one regular season starter. They'll probably go with Adams or Fioco to start right at training camp with the ones and see if Benton can come along slowly. But I, if it's not by week one, I agree with you that. He is good enough that he'll eventually force your hand. And he'll eventually make you have to play him. So I don't know if I'd put it as a week one starter, but wouldn't be surprised if he starts week one after earning it through training camp. Um, i put it this way. By the midpoint of the season, as long as there's no setbacks from him or mm-hmm. the Steelers just completely missed on their scouting report of him, yeah, I don't see how he wouldn't be your number Three on that defensive line, the guy in the middle playing. Right, those. the guy in the middle. Yeah. yeah. With Larry and Cam mm-hmm. flanking him on yeah. either side. Barring no bad injuries. Yeah. Bad injuries, setbacks progression wise. But just I think seems like I just guy. think that it's it's such just a big natural. Dude too. Yeah, like, it's natural. And, and it'll be nice for him to kind of just sit there and plug up gaps, not have to worry much about mm-hmm. pass rushing. I mean, we got a thousand guys that can do that. Mm-hmm. And then also Hayward and Ogunjobi will help him mask some of his rookie mistakes yeah. because you've got two amazing veterans next to him. So I think the biggest guy standing in his way right now is probably Montrevious Adams. Yeah, I think he'll be the, like when they do, you know how Tom was like, I just do the depth chart because I have just to. Just because I have to. I think Adams will be the number yeah. one there when training camp starts. But I agree with you. It could be as early as week one that Benton overcomes that and becomes a starter. Mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, I bet you this guy starts at number three on the depth chart. Yeah, that's cool But I me. bet you he finishes training camp number at number two. two. And it's I, it's hard to imagine Zach Gentry outperforming a guy like Darnell Washington. Especially with blocking. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're going to be looking at Gentry and Washington at training camp. See how they do, you know, when they go double tight, how you do as a blocker. Even though Gentry is a big guy, 6'8". He's a good blocker. Yeah. But, I mean, Washington is just, just bigger. I, and he's been doing, like, when Gentry was at Michigan, yeah, he blocked. But, like, Gentry put on a ton of weight right. when he came to Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, I mean, he was a quarterback. In, he, he came in as a quarterback <laughs> in Michigan. Yeah. Like, And then when he was a tight end there, they used him mm-hmm. in pass catching. Like we mentioned in the episode we did earlier this week, Georgia had Brock Bowers and still do. Right. He's the best pass catching tight end in college. Bowers will be, like, a top 10 pick He'll next be where year. Pitts was picked. Like, he's, yeah, like, Kyle He'll be Pitts that good. guy, yeah. Washington was a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. They would throw to him. He'd score some touchdowns, and he's athletic, but he was an inline blocking tight end. So he's kind of got that, you know, a lot of tight ends, especially now, I think, struggle to block when it comes to the NFL. But it, it'll be no, a gold it hat for him. It I mean, it's exactly what he is capable and, and loves to do. So and I've I bet this... you he starts at three, and then I bet you they just can't help themselves. Right. Like, I bet you Gentry will be more of a refined pass catcher by the end of camp, but they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, he's if we go double tight and we want to run Nodge to the left side of the line, Broderick Jones and Zach Gentry, or Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington, we right. have to pick Washington. Right. And like you mentioned, he's always playing that tight position. So does that make him a yeah. starter? Kind of, right? Because I think they're going like to go a, a lot six, of double tights. A six lineman kind of Kind of like how a nickel corner yeah, is the starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just always bring him in on those kinds of plays. I, 
I could kind of see him being listed as a starter just because of the double tights that you expect them to go out of. Mm-hmm. All right. Those four, I think, are going to have the most immediate impact. Well, yeah, that's that's very fair. Nick Herbig, I think, will have some impact. He'll play specials for sure. Lot, He'll be on yeah. teams a ton. But I think that with him, you'll see him enter the fold in the middle of the season when one of Watt or Highsmith goes down. Because I think one of those two are going to get hurt probably Watt. I don't know. I mean, Highsmith really has done a good job of kind of staying healthy. It's more so on TJ. But injuries are going to happen, and I yeah, think regardless. that's when you'll see Herbig. Mm-hmm. But not to the point where... Herbig comes in and Wally pips anybody. And now all of a sudden he's going to be getting a lot more playing time when they get healthier. I view Herbig's contributions on the defensive side of the ball out of just necessity this coming year and not out Mm -hmm. of his play demanding he get on the field. Maybe he develops great, but there's two guys in front of him that are just, you're not going to, no rookie, at least I'd be shocked if any rookie develops past Highsmith in just, you know, his first season on the job. So he'll be a special teams contributor for sure. He'll make the team for sure. He'll be a valuable depth piece, but as far as you know, his impact on the defensive side of the ball, I think he's got to you know sit in the NFL for a year and develop, put on that NFL kind of body right. before we start to talk about him maybe working his way into a rotation there. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, this is different from when Mel Ingram was signed, and you thought, great, you have three guys here who you can just rotate in and out. You can move one of them easily into an inside linebacker position and have all three of them on the field at one time. Herbig's a rookie, and he's a fifth-round pick. He's definitely a de- developmental kind of pick, and like you said, could end up just redshirting the entire year. Now, if there are injuries, then he'll probably get some significant playing time, but I think that if there are injuries beyond just a middle or outside linebacker position, because like we said earlier, Tom, in a previous episode, you can't limit yourself to only Cole Holcomb and Alana Roberts on the inside position, right? You, you cannot feel cufflinked to those guys. If they're struggling... If the last couple of seasons are any indication, bring one of them out and put somebody else in. And if whether it's Mark Robinson or Tanner Muse, who the Steelers got from Seattle, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to at some point look at yourselves and say, are we better off just putting Nick Herbenig in on the inside position? Yeah, his versatility is definitely right. an asset right. for them moving forward. Corey Trice Jr., their first of the seventh round picks. I think he'll make the team because I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, a lot. Maybe he'll play some teams, but he ain't touching the field on defense at all no. this year. The funny it would thing be of, catastrophic if he ends up starting, or maybe he's a diamond in the, the rough. The funny thing about Corey Trice is it kind of reminds me of the outside line or the outside versus inside line offensive line on this team where there was an obvious need for tackles, right? And then you just went all in on getting you got your you got your tackle in the draft, but you just got you loaded up on interior linemen. And here it's kind of the opposite where you have so you have a glaring need in quarterbacks and you just have such a crowded room now. You like the top of the the top of that depth chart with the potential between Joey Porter Jr. and um and uh wow, uh Patrick Peterson. But there are so many guys from them all the way down to Corey Trice that are standing in his way. I I wouldn't mind it if he made his way up, but I'm like you, Tom. I don't want there to be a scenario where Corey Trice is getting significant starting time because that would have to mean one of two things. You went through a lot of injuries and or JPJ and Patrick Peterson are not panning out the way you think they should have. Here's how our lads has the cornerback room breaking down. Your starters are Pat Pete and JPJ. Mm-hmm. And then behind them are Akella Witherspoon and then Levi Wallace. Okay. And then James Pierre and then Corey Trice Jr. 
Mallet's not in there anywhere? Uh, Mallet, I think they might have him. They have him at the nickel, starting at the nickel. Oh, okay. Mallet okay, and then okay, Shannon okay. Sullivan as the nickel okay, corners. Okay. They'll compete for the starting job there. Sullivan, who just came over from Minnesota. Yeah, they signed him, free agent, Official, used to play for Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so forget nickel corner, forget Mallet, and forget uh, Sullivan. He's got five guys in front of him at the outside corner spots. He can beat out James Pierre. I think the, the ship has the, sailed on yeah. James Pierre a little bit. But that's the guy he's competing with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's not going up against Witherspoon just, make just it, yet. Make he's it not going up like against by Wallace. end of week one, or maybe even by week two. Make it a non, make it no competition that you have. The Steelers are forced to go with Corey Trice over James Pierre. Yeah, and he doesn't get a helmet on game days, but he's the guy that they have an eye on developing. And then, the and then really, it's just Witherspoon and Wallace. And I think he like there could be potential. Witherspoon, I for, think, has a chance to not be here next year. Still, that's what I'm kind of. I mean, he had that great hot start. And then ever since he's really kind of slowed down. Yeah, I mean, no. so I don't. I wouldn't hate it. You know, Peterson, Porter Jr., Wallace, Mallette, and Sullivan are getting helmets on mm-hmm. game days. Those are five corners right there. So there's probably room for what, like one, maybe right. two more that gets yeah. that other helmet. All I'm saying is Trice. I think that what he has on his side when it comes to a Killebrew and a Pierre, he's got so much more potential than either of those guys. So you might be willing to hold on to that guy and let the other two walk because you kind of know what the other two are going to give you. You've, right. you've had their chances in this uniform already to prove right. it. And Witherspoon did it for, for a short period. And then um, uh, Pierre has just never really seemed to grab. No. And he's gotten many chances mm-hmm. to do so. Oh, yeah. As well. Finally, Spencer Anderson, the guard. Uh, maybe this guy may not the make team. the team. Maybe yeah. he's a practice squad member, but... Like I mentioned about the crowded rooms at at interior linemen and and cornerbacks now, I think interior linemen is by far the most crowded position on this roster. Well, I'll tell you what Spencer should be focused on if he wants to make the team. He should be snapping the ball. He should try to play center. Because that's where a spot is. The depth at center is significantly less than. Our lads has him slotted as the backup center to Mason Cole. Now, if Cole went down, who knows who would maybe her big slides in there, Mm -hmm. even though he's listed as backup guard. But... Spencer Anderson wants to make this team learn how to snap the football. Get comfortable with your quarterbacks in that spot because there is a chance that you might beat out a guy that you might not be as good at, but you're better at him at that one specific thing. And that's where I think the Steelers' depth is lacking on the offensive line, especially interior, is at that center spot. Mm-hmm. So I'd, right. I'd start snapping the ball if yeah, I was Spencer Anderson. He's played yeah. some center in, in college as well, so mm-hmm. shouldn't be too much of an adjustment. If you ever had any doubt on why the NFL draft is such a phenomenon, I think one of the big reasons is kind of what we laid out here. We just had three day one starters. Well, not the, two day one starters in training camp, and then potentially three starting by week one. And then four, four starting by week that could have with big impact. Maybe even five who just because of I the mean, way the roster is laid out will that you'll doesn't see a lot happen in any mm-hmm. other sport. Right. NBA, your first three picks are impacting teams uh-huh. immediately. The rest that's are it. all developing and yeah, scoring 20 a game, it. but the team stinks. Like, these guys are going to contribute to making the playoffs this year for your Pittsburgh Steelers. You can now listen to all Steelers Standard episodes whenever you want. They are available for download wherever you get your podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, the Steelers app, Apple, Spotify, you know all the places. Download and subscribe right now. When we come back, we're going to take a look at how the Steelers stack up against the rest of the division. Where do they rank amongst those four teams post-draft? 
We'll talk about that next on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.